gentlemen. Welcome back to the Fresh Frozen Southerner podcast. My name is Jay. I hope all is well, and I apologize for getting this out a little bit late. I have had an interesting week. If you listen to the show, you know that we are facing a move. We're getting ready to lose our house here in about a well, about seven weeks now. Now, we've been renting this house for seven and a half years. The landlord has done precious little upkeep. Actually, he, he has done no upkeep. And since it's my, my house, I haven't done any upkeep really either. Um, a few things went wrong that I needed to work, and I have replaced those. Uh, a lighting fixture or two. I've replaced and rewired some outlets that stopped working, one of which I'm really, frankly, I'm amazed that it didn't start a house fire because it had, it was black and melted when I pulled it out of the wall. In fact, the reason I changed that one is because we could smell like an electrical burning which we assumed was an appliance, but when I got to checking into things, it turned out it was the outlet. But those are really the only things that I have done. Uh, I'm simply not going to spend my time and money upkeeping somebody else's house, particularly when it's pretty obvious that he doesn't care if it gets run down. But we're less than two months away from being out of this house. In the last couple of days, the washing machine is broken. Um, I've pulled it apart. I've got a part ordered for it. Um, Again, it's not my washing machine, and we're going to be out of this house in a couple of months, but I do need to do laundry in the meantime, and the part that I ordered is like 10 bucks, So it's worth it to me to just go ahead and fix it rather than go to the laundromat. That is just a giant pain in the butt, and it's not very cheap to go to the laundromat either. You know, it used to be $0.75 cents or a dollar to use the washing machine. It's like 250 now. So if you're doing multiple loads, that can get into some money really quickly. And it would definitely put you over the $10 for the belt that I ordered. Just just one trip to the laundromat. But we also, now the house has always had plumbing issues. The plumbing was not done correctly. Number one, when they put the the second floor onto this house, it was originally a ranch-style house, and they added an upstairs, although I think I think maybe the upstairs was sort of like a walk-in attic space, and they may have just expanded that a little bit, and they finished it and turned it into bedrooms. Uh, but they put a bathroom on the second floor as well, and they did not do the plumbing correctly. The plumbing is not vented. So if you run the washing machine downstairs, as the water is draining out of the washing machine, it pulls water out of the pipes upstairs, and then you get sort of a vapor lock situation where you've got to wait about 20 minutes before you flush the upstairs toilet or it won't go down because there's a pocket of air trapped in the line and it can't move it down. It, it's just a big mess, but the kitchen sink two days ago started to drain extremely slowly. I have tried several things. I've uh, taken the trap apart and cleaned it. I've run a snake down the pipe as far as I could get it to go. I haven't been able to unclog it. Um, I actually went and I purchased some some serious drain cleaner. It's not enzymes like uh, Drano or Liquid Plumber. It's actually a sulfuric acid-based drain cleaner. Uh, the list of warnings on this label is longer than the instructions to use it. I filled the sink up because I'm trying to make sure that all the Drano's cleaned out of there. It warns against using it in conjunction with other chemicals. I don't know that it would do anything, but just to be on the safe side, I'm, I'm trying to flush that out. I have been waiting five hours for the sink to drain so that I can pour this drain cleaner in. It looks like I've still got about an hour left to wait before the water gets out. It says not to pour it into standing water. I'm not sure why, but again, just to be safe, I'm trying to go by the letter of the instructions. But those two issues have monopolized the lion's share of my spare time the last three days. 
Uh, that's why I'm getting this out a little bit late. Um, again, I apologize. I'm more than a little bit aggravated with the situation at this point. You know, we, we've got seven weeks left and we're out of this house. We have wanted out of this house for pretty much the entire time we've been here. You know, we're right on the threshold of leaving. I have got 2,000 things on my to-do list. I don't need more stuff popping up that I've got to spend three days trying to take care of. It, it's just driving me insane that we're this close. The end of May, every bit of the stuff in this house that needs some attention will officially be not my problem. I just need stuff to hold on for a couple more months and let me get out of this house. And then you can do whatever you want to. You can break, you can catch fire, you can explode for all I care. Please just nothing else go wrong. Let us get out of this house. And more importantly than that, just stop monopolizing the time that I really need to be doing a bunch of other crap instead of trying to put something together that's going to belong to somebody else in 45 days. Or at the very least, if you're going to break, be something that I don't use and I can just live with for another month and a half. I kind of need a kitchen sink. You know, I cook a lot of meals. We've got a bunch of dishes sitting on the counter down there that I can't wash right now because the water doesn't go anywhere. And that's all I'm asking. Two more months. You can do it, house. I've got faith in you. We're going to work together and we're going to get through this. But enough of my domestic woes. I, I want to revisit a topic I've talked about at least once, I think a couple times. I kind of feel like I might be talking about this a whole lot, but I do have some thoughts and I want to get them off my chest. Uh, this has been nationwide news for a few weeks now. Uh, this has particularly been news here where I am because I'm talking about the transgendered swimmer, Leah Thompson, Leah Thomas, I'm sorry. And the reason it was such big news here is she swims for the University of Pennsylvania, which is in Philadelphia. I'm about two hours away from this. So it's sort of local news as well as being a big national story. Uh, but I've talked before about, you know, when somebody comes out as transgendered, suddenly their comfort, their rights, their desires in any given situation, suddenly that is all that matters. And nobody else's opinions or whether or not they're comfortable with the situation, none of that matters. If you if you disagree with anything with the transgendered person or the transgender community, you're just a hater. Even if the complaint you have is just very, you know, nuts and bolts, uh, no pun intended, you're just grounded in the reality of the situation that you're asking everybody else to put up with this very unusual situation, but it's it's all about the transgendered person. They're the only ones that matter in the situation, and everybody else has just got to suck it up and, and just deal with it. And you can't even pretend like you're not just completely comfortable with the situation because you'll get labeled as a transphobe, and that'll go out on the internet, and that's going to follow people around for the rest of their lives. You know, people lose jobs over misunderstandings when it comes to these topics, but but there's articles coming out that it just really back up exactly what I'm saying. Uh, I've got a, it's a New York Post. Actually, I think all of the articles I've got here from the New York Post. It's kind of strange that nobody else covers this stuff. Uh, but let me read to you from this article in the New York Post. Let me see what day was it. it this came out on January the 24th. A University of Pennsylvania swimmer has spoken out against transgender teammate Leah Thomas' ongoing dominance in the pool, saying she was not even close to being competitive in male events before transitioning. Leah Thomas, I cannot remember what her name was before she transitioned. Uh, she competed on the men's team for three years. Now, this individual, I don't think that this is just a, a cheap way to 
be more competitive by switching to the women's team because this individual has been on, undergoing hormone treatments for about a year now. I really believe that this individual simply would feel more comfortable as a woman. I don't think that she's just doing this so she can pick up some medals in swim meets. But there's a lot more to each story. You know, there's always there's two sides to every coin. And there are a lot of female swimmers that this that this individual is just murdering in the pool that would have legitimate shots at winning meets and maybe going to a championship, but they're getting shoved down to second place because they're just at an unfair advantage. And this young lady, now she's on the team with Miss Thomas, and she's doing this anonymously, but the anonymous female swimmer gave an interview to the Washington Examiner on Sunday, the day after Thomas racked up two more wins at a meet against Ivy League rival Harvard University. Women are now third-class citizens, the swimmer told the outlet. Leah was not even close to being competitive as a man in the 50 and 100 freestyle events. But just because Leah is biologically a man, she's just naturally better than many females in the 50 or the 100, anything that Leah wasn't good at as a man. Now, from what I understand, Leah Thomas, before she transitioned, you know, obviously she was good enough to make the team. I couldn't do that. You know, I can't swim from one end of the pool to the other without stopping halfway to catch my breath. She was just fair to Midland. She was not competitive for any of the championships. And I don't know how competitive Ivy League swimming is versus the rest of the NCAA. But this young lady goes on. Now, this is one thing I don't agree with her. Uh, imagine if there was any kind of inequality in men's sports or someone found out about doping in a men's sport. It would be fixed in a blink of an eye. Everyone would be all over it. But because it's women, they don't care, the teammate said. Now, I don't believe that this has anything to do with the fact that it's the women's swim team and people just don't care. It's that everybody is terrified to say that, you know, hey, maybe this individual should not be on the women's team. Now, like I said, this woman is doing this anonymously. And at one point later in the article, she even says that she doesn't want to give her real name because she's afraid that this article is going to be on the Internet. And when she gets out of college, you know, prospective employers are going to look at that and they may think, well, she, you know, she's a transphobe and we don't need to hire her. She's afraid that just speaking the truth about the situation is going to follow her for the rest of her life. I say that as a legitimate concern because the woke mob and the social justice warriors are the most petty, vindictive people you will ever meet in your entire life. And they preach equality, but they don't practice it. They don't even pretend to practice it because there is a hierarchy in what they see and how their ideology works. You know, they're all for women's rights. And they're all for minority rights, and they're all for transgender rights. But those things are not equal in their eyes. And transgender trumps women's rights. So they're not concerned about the rest of the women on this swim team. All they care about is defending Leah Thomas and whether or not she should be able to swim. And, you know, again, there's such a simple solution to this. He absolutely, She absolutely can swim, but she should swim on the men's team because she was good enough to compete as a man before she transitioned. And she competed for three years as a man, which means that she was probably 21, 22. Well, a year of taking estrogen pills is not going to physically alter you that much in a year. Finish out your college career, you know, your social life, your romantic life, all that stuff, that's up to you. Do whatever you want, but you're hurting other people by swimming on the women's team. 
And like I said before, I don't think that Leah Thomas is doing this to gain a competitive advantage, but she absolutely has one. You know, in the 50 and the 100 yard events, you know, she's beating these other women by, you know, a second or two seconds. And that does not sound like a huge deal, but they also, and I'm sorry, I can't remember the exact distance. It's either 1500 or 1600 meters. Uh, that was one of the events that she set the record in. The person who came in second behind her was 38 seconds behind Leah Thomas. Now that does not sound like a huge deal when you just say, well, you know, 38 seconds. I want you on your phone, hit the, hit the stopwatch function and just sit there for 38 seconds. Now imagine that somebody finishes swimming an event and then you sit there for that 38 seconds and that's when the second place person comes in. That is a lifetime in a race. So allow her to transition if that's what she feels more comfortable living her life as. Allow her to swim, but she stays on the men's team. She's only got one year of eligibility left anyway. I think if she competed three years, I would assume that it's basically the same as, as football and basketball. And what kind of world would it be if everybody just took that very rational, logical approach to everything? Because then she is getting to live her life as she see fits. She is able to swim on the team, but she's not getting a competitive advantage over people, and it's not putting other people in uncomfortable situations. Because in one of the other discussions I had, it was about transgenders using the women's room when they still had male genitalia. And the argument for that is that a transgender person is not going to feel comfortable being in a bathroom with men. And I said, well, why wouldn't the transgender person understand how uncomfortable they are in in turn, making the women in the bathroom feel. There is another article, again, from the New York Post. A member of the University of Pennsylvania swim team said some team members are uncomfortable changing in the locker room with transgendered swimmer Leah Thomas. Thomas, 22, who spent the previous three years swimming with the men's team before she began transitioning to a woman, has created an uneasy environment in the locker room as she still retains her biologically male genitalia, which are sometimes exposed, and is attracted to women, one teammate told the Daily Mail in an interview. Again, this person was speaking anonymously. It's definitely awkward because Leah still has male body parts and is still attracted to women. Thomas has reportedly told her teammates that she dates women. The swimmer told the outlet that other team members have spoken to the team's coaches about possibly getting Thomas to change elsewhere from the rest of the team, but those discussions haven't gone anywhere. Multiple swimmers have raised at multiple different times, she said, but we were basically told that we could not ostracize Leah by not having her in the locker room and that there's nothing that we can do about it, that we basically have to roll over and accept it or we cannot use our own locker room. She added, it's really upsetting because Leah doesn't seem to care how it makes anyone else feel. The 35 of us are just opposed, supposed to accept being uncomfortable in our own space and locker room for the feelings of one. But there again is the problem. There is a hierarchy. And transgender points matter more to social justice warriors than women's right points. So they don't care about the other women on the team because it gives them more clout in the woke department to support the transgendered person. Now, the fact that there are 35 other women, now obviously it may not be all of them that feel this way, but there are 35 biological women on that team, and you've got a person coming in there and undressing with a penis. 
And I just don't understand. I don't have any desire to get naked in front of strange women. That's just not something that I have any kind of desire to do. But it seems like the fact that this individual still has the genetic male genitalia, that would factor into the discussion. Why is that just left out completely? They, them saying that they're transitioning does not magically change the fabric of reality. It's not healthy for people to believe that saying words changes the nature of someone's being. It does not. And you can always look at it in the opposite direction in that the school is forcing 35 college-age young women to get naked in front of somebody that is both attracted to females and genetically a male. It's just such a bizarre situation, and I don't know why it's considered progressive and evolved to think that that's not going to cause any issues because Leah Thomas has said, I'm transitioning to a woman. Words don't do anything. They don't change the reality of the situation. And it is, it's a delusion. I mean, do you, do you remember it wasn't too long ago that it was considered wisdom to say the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few? Well, this is a situation where you've got one individual's needs trumping 35 other people that, I mean, there's a strong argument that they have more of a claim to be there than Leah Thomas does. And I say that sarcastically because I feel like that the actual genetic women absolutely have more of a right to use the women's locker room than somebody that has decided that they want to be female. Now, I just committed a hate crime based on current progressive ideology. But again, you have to deal with reality on reality's terms. Progressives really don't seem too interested in dealing with reality on reality's terms, though, uh, because there is a young man, I'm not going to say woman, and I'll explain why in a minute. There is a young man in California going by the name Hannah Tubbs. Um, I would like for you to Google the name Hannah Tubbs and tell me if this guy does not look like a lumberjack from the 60s. I mean, this looks like the just the dudest guy bro you've ever seen. He is now 26. He has very recently announced that he is transgendered. And the reason I'm saying he instead of she is because this jackass is not transgendered. He is gaming the system. And the system that he's gaming is the correctional system, because when he was 18, well, he was two weeks away from turning 18, and he has actually uh, pled guilty to this attack, so I'm not going to throw allegedly or was charged or any of that crap. He has been convicted. Uh, he was at an IHOP one day, and he saw a 10-year-old girl go into the bathroom, and he followed her into the bathroom and raped her. Now, the reason that he suddenly decided to be transgender, and please believe me, I've got the air quotes going like crazy when I say that, is because in California, there is an interesting law that if someone is transgendered and they are convicted of a crime, they can choose whether or not they want to go to a male prison or a female prison. Because apparently the progressives in California are not aware that it's probably not a fantastic idea to lock rapists up with women. I can't believe I have to explain why that's a bad idea to anybody, but apparently the people in California don't understand that if somebody is convicted of raping someone, putting them in a locked box with a bunch of other women is just like putting a fat kid in a candy store. 
it's not going to have a good outcome. And then you're going to have a bunch of lawsuits from these inmates in the women's prison. And they would have every right to sue because you locked them up and turned them into a bunch of victims. You're going to have people that are getting pregnant from being raped by these people. It, it's There's just no end to the problems that are going to come about by this. And again, it's just like my theory on the bathroom. If you have a penis, you go to the men's room. If you have a vagina, you go to the women's. We can move that over to the prison system just as easily. It's not it's not a huge leap. This particular individual is actually not going to have to worry about what prison he wants to go to because he is getting a slap on the wrist for this crime. The prosecuting attorney in the county or the district where he is being charged under is famously easy on uh, transgendered gays, and he's also very lax on people that commit crimes as minors but have since turned into adults. Well, you know, I can understand if somebody is 15 and they steal a neighbor's car and go joyriding. Yeah, that person doesn't need to go to the pr- go to prison for years and years. That was just, you know, I hate to use youthful indiscretion, but that's in the long run that's not a huge deal. That's just you know something a lot of dumb kids do. We're not talking about something like that. He didn't spray paint his name on the high school wall. He raped a 10-year-old girl. And he is going to get like a year's probation. He does not have to go to court-ordered counseling. He is not going to be put on any kind of a sex offender list. He's not going to do any time in prison. He is getting off scot-free. And he is in some sort of halfway house or a, like county jail or something. It's not, he's not in prison right now. Uh, but he is in a facility pending pending sentencing in this trial. And as such, they have the right to monitor his phone calls. There is a recording that somebody leaked of this individual talking to his dad where he is laughing about the fact that he's getting off basically scot-free. This guy is gaming the system. And again, I'm not calling this asshole she or her. This is a guy that is taking advantage of how stupid people are over this issue. And that is the long and short of it. Now, this poor little girl that he victimized, she got a lifetime sentence. She is going to be in therapy her whole life. You know, a lot of these kids that get molested, they become molesters themselves when they grow up. Now, some people are able to get over it and put it behind them, but a lot of people that get molested as children, they really struggle to get over it. There is, and I'm sure there's a term for it, I don't remember what it is, but there is a facet of human psychology that when somebody suffers a very traumatic event, particularly when it is a child that it happens to, they have a tendency to recreate that trauma. That's part of the reason why a lot of people that are molested as children become molesters themselves. But you see it, you know, a woman that grows up, her father was a drunk and he beat her mother. If you talk to that woman when she's 50, you'll find out, well, she's been married four times and magically all four of her husbands were drunk that liked to hit her. She's recreating the trauma that she grew up with. And this poor little girl, you know, it might be a coin flip whether she has any shot at a normal life. But this little girl got a lifetime sentence This guy is getting off scot-free. And not just scot-free, the transgendered community, the LBGT community, they have actually come out in defense of this asshole. And my message to the LBGTQ community is you've got to learn to pick your battles. This guy does not deserve to be defended. You are hurting your movement by standing behind this guy. 
Let this one go. Trust me, you're, you'll be doing your movement a big favor if you just say, you know, this guy's a scumbag and we don't want anything to do with him. Just ask yourself, have you ever met a German person that has said, well, now, let, let's be fair. Hitler had his good side, too. I mean, he loved dogs. He supported the opera. Nobody's bad all the way through and through. He had some good facets to his personality. You've never heard that. German people don't want to talk about Hitler. I was watching on the Discovery Channel something a couple of years ago where they had tracked down Ava Braun's granddaughter. They, were, they weren't they were even wanting to talk about Hitler. They, I forget what the subject they were wanting to talk to her about. She very angrily told them to go to hell. It, and I can't blame her. I'm sure she's been hounded her whole life. But take a cue from Germany, label this guy a scumbag, and never bring him up again. Don't defend this jackass. You're making yourself look bad. And ladies and gentlemen, that is about all I've got for you today. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Uh, Again, I feel like I've talked about this too much, but I did want to get those thoughts off my chest. We'll get back to some lighter topics and some more more historical stuff in the next couple of episodes. Uh, But if you did enjoy the show, I would appreciate a like and a comment. And of course, a subscription is always appreciated. You can leave me a comment at freshfrozensoutherner at gmail.com, or you can go to the Fresh Frozen Southerner Facebook page. All right, guys, as always, I appreciate you sitting with me this long. I hope you've had a good week. I hope your weekend is going well, and we will talk again very soon. Thank you very much.